It's time once again to get back on track with our startup diary. We're moving closer and closer to where we are present day, but in today's episode, we're going to hear about how Adam moved forward and found a CTO for our company and how that had a huge impact for the business's growth. So, before we could dig into how having a CTO helped the company, I had to ask, just what is a CTO? A CTO is a chief technical officer, and it's the guy or gal that is in charge of the development in a business, basically. Yeah, and technical development. So the kind of the um, the person that's responsible for all the dev requirements within any business is a CTO. Okay. What point did you decide that you needed a CTO? So we've heard sort of the journey of our business when we first started. So at what point do you think now is the time I need a CTO? Okay, so in a previous show we covered, I did a week down at a pre-accelerator. And during that, it was really clear that the teams that were surrounded by me had, there was a co-founding team. So there was a, a founder, sorry, a co-founder who was a salesperson or a marketing person. And there was someone that could build the product out and had a good chat with Simon, Simon Jenner, the guy that ran it. And he kind of literally pulled me aside and said, if you keep outsourcing all the development to the business, you're really going to struggle. One, it's really expensive. So I originally outsourced to a development company over in Sheffield. Um, so if you can remember I was doing my consulting mm-hmm. and all that consulting money was going on dev. So I was paying 50 pounds an hour uh, for development. And the cost is one thing, but the, f- the real problem is the fact that when you're just paying someone to swap kind of time for money, they're not really invested in the business. Right, they don't right. really care about the quality of what they're building. You just ask them to build a function or a feature and they build it. They don't think about the implications, how it works with everything else on the back end, or they don't even come up with any ideas of, hey, you've asked us to do this, but have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Mm. They just they want the money in the door. They build the code. At least the agency that I work with, they wanted the money in the door. They didn't really think or care about what they were doing. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to build something that scaled, I needed to kind of go out and find someone that could help me and kind of bring them into the team. So for such an important role, my next question had to be, where did he start looking to find a CTO that he could really work with? It was super tough. Like honestly, trying to find someone, trying to bring someone into the team for me, just that hurdle was tough to say, actually, I need to, I need to release someone, uh, release like reliability across to someone else with an agency it's kind of different because they have a previous track record of dealing with clients. I'm kind of trying to find someone that I don't know, I need to trust, and they're probably working at another job. Um, and then you're giving them kind of the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. So that was really tough. So I didn't really know where to start looking. So um, I attended. You went down the pub. <laughs> I went down the pub. Any developers in it? No, I attended loads of like kind of quite literally meetups. So I'd search meetup.com try and find tech mm. meetups and I'd be I'd be that sales guy that was going into those meetups trying to say, hey, what do you do? Uh, I'm looking for a dev. I wasn't saying I was specifically looking for a CTO, looking for someone to help me with my startup, pitching them what we did, trying to sell them on the vision. And to be honest, there's a lot of people that were receptive to working on it, um, but it's such a hard thing to find the right fit for a CTO, um, especially with the age of the company. It was so young and so early, uh, relatively, um, that I needed someone that really bought into the vision, not just, yeah, I'm happy to write a few lines of code. What's the deal? What's the equity breakdown? How much are you going to pay me? X, Y, and Z. I really needed someone that 
believed in what we we're trying to build that wasn't just looking for a quick fix. So then eventually I found a website called Co-Founders Lab. And the idea of Co-Founders Lab is that you go on and you're kind of you're one side of the market. So you're either sales marketing and you're looking for a dev or you're a dev and you're looking for someone that does sales and marketing. So I posted what I was looking for on there, looking for a developer, loads of inquiries back. It really, really kind of shocked me the amount of people that were interested. And I met, I always say 35, but it was anywhere between like 30 and 35 people mm-hmm. before I landed on Ignasi, who's our current CTO. What um what information did you have to put up on that profile? It sounds a bit like a dating website. It was exactly like a dating website. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's match.com, but for for founders sort of thing. So we had to kind of put up the requirements of what we were looking for, the type of person that we wanted to work with, kind of the vision of the company. Yeah. Um, and just some kind of where we are, what the plans are, have we got funding and bits like that. The biggest thing that I remember about the site is most people that replied just said, yes, I'm interested, count me in. Whereas Ignacy actually... Asked you questions and really want to dig in. Asked me a bunch of questions. I bet he did. But now, now I know him. I, I can imagine him really asking some questions. Yeah, exactly. He's the one person that really pushed back on some of my ideas and concepts. And I really appreciated that. Mm. It showed me that it wasn't just a guy looking for a quick gig. He wanted to take the time. And by him wanting to take the time, it showed that he, if he does commit, he is truly going to commit. Um, so I really like that about him. But yeah, that's kind of like, it was like a match.com sort of website. We've touched before on how difficult it can be to share your vision. Just because it's clear to you, it doesn't mean that it's clear to others. So next, we'll touch on how Adam shared his vision in a way that would resonate with a CTO. And when he found the right person, what made them different? What was it like writing down um, the vision of the business and sort of selling that? Because Previously, we were talking about when you were challenged by some of the investors and some people looking at what you were doing. Yeah, the pre-accelerator at yeah. uh, Google Campus. Yeah, so we, you were there and they were picking holes in your, sort of your vision and the idea. Yep. It sounds to me it was sort of the first time where you were looking for the right person and this was your set goal and you were like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, so this kind of came obviously after Google Campus. So I'd already had people picking away at my yeah. business plan. Uh kind of pulling apart the areas that they thought were good, weren't good. And the fact that most people just said it wasn't a sexy business. We kind of covered that off. Gave me a lot of learnings in terms of how I pitch my business to VCs and angels and potential joint ventures. But pitching to someone who's a developer, I quickly learned is completely different. Like they really, they really care. Well, from my experience, they really cared about not, the vision of what you're trying to build, that's super important, but they needed to get the head around the infrastructure that it was going to take to build that vision. And that's something that I hadn't been questioned on before. That was an area that I didn't know. Like I didn't know how the back end of a website worked at that point. I didn't know how uh, the back end of the apps work. I didn't know how all this profile matching and bits that we do was going to work. And I was getting hit with questions like that. And I just didn't know. Um, so in terms of pitching the business, I could sell the vision, but I couldn't sell the idea of the infrastructure that I needed, which which made it really difficult, to be honest. Um, but it also kind of showed some vulnerability in terms of like, this is why I need a CTO, mm-hmm. because I'm currently trusting a web agency up in Sheffield that's charging me through the nose, in my opinion, uh, for the rates uh, that I was getting paid and charged for consultancy. I think I think it kind of helped me to be honest. Like the fact that I didn't know about that area was a selling point in terms of like this is why I need the help. This is the vision, but I need you to fill this massive gap. To round it off, 
Adam shares some personal advice for those out there that might be starting to look for a CTO to make sure that they can hit the ground running, just like he and Ignasi did. Okay, so you found the right person, you found Ignasi. Yep. And he says, I'm on board. What was the first thing that you guys yes. did from there? Yeah, so he said he's, so backwards and forwards over co-founders lab for a while. And because this is such a big commitment, we wanted to obviously get off the internet and meet up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, I went down to London, uh, which is where Ignasi's based, still is. I uh, went down to London to kind of face to face, have a chat. And like one thing for me, I couldn't test how good he was as a developer because he could write anything that he wanted to. If the function worked, I'd know. I didn't know how clean the code was on the back end of it. It's like that. Everything I've learned since. The biggest thing for me was like, can I actually work with this guy? Because we're going to spend so much time working together. One, do I like him? Two, do I think I can trust him? So we ended up meeting face to face. We got on really well. Like it was great. We'd obviously backwards and forwards a lot. And the thing that really shocked me more than anything, he was obviously in a full-time position at this point, looking to get out to be have a more active role within a company. Let me get this right. So he joined the team in October. Was he first? He was the first. Yes. So Soros helped me very infrequently part-time, yeah. but still had another job. So he was the first full-time team member to join. So he joined in October, but he came. he basically said to me, he said, Adam, I've looked at the website, blah, blah, blah. I opened up the back end and showed him. He said, it's an absolute mess on the back end. He says, but rather than me commit to leaving my job, which is a huge thing for anyone to leave your job, rather than me commit to leave my job, how about this? I'll rebuild the back end and then we'll work on the front end of the site and we'll just see how well we work together. I thought, okay, so he's looking for a side gig. Fair play. We'll see how well we work together. And then he came out with, but I don't need to pay me for it. He said, it's not about the money. I just want to see how well we work together. Which must have triggered with you because again, yeah, yeah it's the exactly. complete opposite from what you were hearing from elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. It showed that he wasn't just looking for the short-term gain. So when, and it wasn't about the financial savings that I was going to make in the, a couple of months as he re- rebuilt the back end. It just really showed that values were aligned. And, and he cared. And he cared, exactly. And that was so important for me. So he worked um, evenings, weekends. He literally puts in as many hours as I did rebuilding the back-end infrastructure of what was our old site, now our new site. And we just got on really well, like house on fire. Uh, he became my work wife very quickly. And then he, three months in, as planned, he was like, actually, okay, we work well together. Uh, and he took the plunge and he told me four or five weeks out that he wanted to leave his job. And he did. Left his job on the day that he said. Uh, joined the company starting in January and uh, been with us since. Uh, running the team and recent addition is now kind of stepped up his game because not only has he got his own work to do, we've recently taken on a second dev. So he's now CTO and actually managing uh, another person. And hopefully by the end of this year, they'll be managing a couple more devs in the team. If your skill set is not developing, don't do what I was thinking about doing to try and save some money and dig into new languages and learn to do the development yourself. So I know very basics. I was going to learn more, but my skill set isn't being a developer. There's people out there that are much better than me Mm. that truly love sitting behind a computer and coding. That's not me. I enjoy meeting people and selling. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're a solo founder and you want a developer, don't split your time, energy, and skills trying to learn to be a developer because it's going to take you two, three, four, five years to get any good at your craft. And by then, you're five years down the line and what you could have done is hired a developer, given up a bit of equity and then been miles ahead. Yeah. Don't like be true to who you are. Don't try and literally wear all the hats all the way through because there's going to be a point where you need to hire someone to do sales or someone to do marketing, someone to do social. Like 
I know when you start out, you're going to try and wear every hat, but understand that there's some hats that you don't just have to keep shuffling on and off, give it to someone else and then trust them to do it. Hire skills, make hire people that are better than you in certain areas um, and then release that job role. Otherwise you're never going to get anywhere. The one, the one biggest thing that's helped this company because I quickly learned that the amount of work you could get done and how quickly you can iterate when you've got someone in the team that can do it, it's just, it's light, it's literally light and day. It's hmm. how much work you can get done and how fast you can actually iterate things. So when I was outsourcing the work, I was, every decision I had to make was a financial decision. Whereas, oh, this feature is going to cost 450 pounds. This right. feature is going to cost 200 pounds. Whereas now it was just a time decision. Like what's the most important thing and the feedback we're getting from our members we need to go and iterate and change that. And we could do it very, very quickly rather than it being two weeks to get something done. We suddenly get it done in two hours. Um, that was just the biggest, biggest factor in terms of the growth of our business. We would definitely not be where we are today without a CTO. Um, so personal advice to anyone is if you are looking to start out, make sure you've got the right skill set in the founding team. Um, so for me, I founded the company and 18 months later, I realized actually I really need a CTO we would have done a lot more in those first 18 months if we'd had that from the start. So a big lesson learned for me. Um, and on that note, be prepared to give up equity. So it's great saying to someone, oh yeah, I really want you to put the time and effort in and help us build this business. No one is going to care about your business as much as you do because you own it. It's your baby. If you want someone to care as much, then you need to give up a little bit of that business, especially when it's so early on in the company. Um, so we made the decision to give up some equity, make him feel like an, well, it's a significant part of the business. And here's a funny story, actually. Uh, so we once we agreed that we were going to work together, he actually put an offer on the table to me in terms of what he wanted in terms of salary and what he wanted in terms of equity. And the salary was as expected. Now, fair play to him. I know he's going to listen to this. Fair play to him. He actually took a pay cut from his old job to join a startup which was unfunded, uh, so big risk. So fair play, took the pay cut. And then he put an equity offer on the table and I actually didn't think it was enough for him to feel like he had enough skin in the game. And I thought if I want him as committed as I really need him, I actually gave him more equity than he than he wanted. Okay. And I think there's a big lesson there in terms of if you know you need something, don't try and lowball someone. The thing that I, the thing that really pisses me off about work generally is, and this is going back to corporate life when the companies are big and established, startups are different. But when you work in a corporate job, what happens is there's a weird dynamic in the fact that you you go to work and you do just enough work, so you don't get fired. Yeah. And your boss pays you just enough that you don't leave. It's a really unhealthy relationship. So the thing that we saw, well, I saw is. I didn't want that with Ignacy. I didn't want me to be trying to lowball him. So I've just given him enough. So he's just interested like this carrot in front of him. So it's just enough to keep him walking. And I think make sure that you start any relationship off in the right way. Make sure that you're both aligned and then make sure that you're not trying to lowball each other because I have, as I said, he's like my work wife. I wouldn't try and hustle my wife. Like your work wife. He is very much. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't try and hustle my wife out of a deal. Mm. I wouldn't try and like lowball it and just get what I can and like bleed it dry. I'd try and be fair and make sure that if you're opening up your business to anyone, whether it's a co-founder, an investor, make sure that the deal's good for you both. Otherwise, it's just not a good starting point. 
Thank you very much for listening, guys. And I hope you'll join us next time on The Startup Diary. <laughs>